It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us and Happy New Year. I believe this is the first new episode we've been doing since the new year. So, Happy New Year to everyone. I'm excited for our episode today. Wanted to talk about a lot, some of the messaging we hear around the new year. When the new year starts, we hear all this messaging about new year and new you and start this weight loss program and here's how you can lose 12 pounds in 12 weeks and we see it all and it happens every year and certainly this episode is not to um, not promote health but often as women and in particular as women who have children and are now shaping the next generation we get this messaging around our bodies and our body image that frankly is so damaging. And I want to dive into some of this today with my guest, Dr. Lexi Kite. She is the founder of the nonprofit, one of the founders, I should say, with her twin sister of Beauty Redefined. And they're an organization working to literally, as their title suggests, redefine beauty, because what they teach is that you are more than a body. You are not what you look like. You, your essence, your being is more than what you look like. Dr. Lexi Kite, thank you for joining me today on The Mom Show. Did I get it right? You nailed it. Thank you, Lindsay. Happy to be here. Okay, perfect. So talk to me about this messaging that we get in the new year. What? How do you see it from your perspective? Why does it exist? And what do we do about it? Oh my goodness. We are bombarded with messages, especially in January, that are are selling us these aspirational goals for being new, you know, being different, um, because that drives billions of dollars every year because of so many industries that are set up to not only um, prescribe us our flaws, but the solutions in quotes to those flaws. So um, especially for girls and women, from the time we are just little, we are taught in a million different ways that we are here to be looked at that we will earn love, success, health, happiness, value through our bodies, through our beauty. And so we begin to fixate on every part of ourselves as a job, as a job that constantly needs to be maintained from the roots in our hair, the length of our hair, the size of our pores, our eyelashes, and on and on down to the color of our toenails. Um, This is a problem. Um, This is a problem because when girls and women feel so defined by their bodies as their sole source of power, happiness, love, all of these things, we fail. We lose out on our real lives when we are picturing ourselves living instead of just living. Um, Lindsay and I, we um, did our PhDs in body image resilience at the University of Utah years ago, been running this nonprofit Beauty Redefined for years. And we um, just released a new book called More Than a Body, which gets to the bottom of this. It came out a week ago, just in time for this new year, new you stuff. We are here to help you recognize that you don't need to be new. You already are who you have always been. Your body is an instrument, not an ornament. 
I just want to bottle that and put it on a bumper sticker on every single car and every billboard in America because, I mean, this is a message, Lexi, that we have been, like you said, just it's been drilled into us since the time we were six years old. And I have a six-year-old right now, Lexi, and I, a six-year-old girl in particular, and I am terrified of how to reverse this messaging for her when I'm still getting out of it as mm-hmm. her mother. Yep. And I wonder, um, how do I do that? I mean, I, I, certainly it starts with owning my own uh, body image. And I've yeah. done a lot of work on that. Um, and one of the things I love that you guys teach is that idea that you just said that your body is an instrument and not an ornament. Because uh, full disclosure here, I'm going to admit something on the radio. For a, for a long time, I didn't like what my knees looked like. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> so like who, who thinks about their knees and what their knees look like? And so, but, but when I learned your work and, and learned about this message, I thought, well, what if I didn't have knees? Yep. What if my knees didn't work? I wouldn't be able to walk. I wouldn't have legs. And that is what you teach. Yes. That like your body is meant to do things, not to be looked at. And you know what? When we were growing up, we didn't hear that message. We didn't know it. Our moms were worried about their knees. Our grandmas were worried about their wrinkles. Everybody felt so defined by and consumed by their bodies for a good reason. It's not because you're crazy or bad or wrong. It's because a million messages throughout your life every single day convince you that you are wrong, that you are abnormal, not the edited images and sponsored products you are, you know, receiving in your inbox and on your newsfeed every day. So yes, I mean, of course, as we're all growing older and raising kids of our own, it is scary to think about the world they're growing up in. And I have a four-year-old daughter. She will turn five soon. And, you know, I, I watch TV shows with her. I see what it looks like to be a little girl. What you see on Disney Plus, on every animated movie, on almost everything on Netflix and beyond. What you see is that femininity is always decorative. If you are a female character, an animated female character, you look like a female. You have um, long eyelashes and a curvaceous body. Even if you're a penguin or a hippo or whatever the animal character is. If you are a male character, you get to be anything. You get to be the snowman or the reindeer or the potato, or whatever the thing is. But girls are always decorative in these shows. And this shows up in research. We write all about it. From a very young age, girls get the message that they are here to be pretty because of every bit of media they consume, the toys they play with. So one of the best things you can do is when you are watching a show with your daughter and you see what I just described, the boys can be anything. They look like any number of things in the world. The girls always look like decorative characters. You ask your daughter, huh, I wonder why all the girls have to be shaped like that. I wonder why the girls, why the people who drew this show aren't more creative with what they do with the girl characters. Maybe we should create some of our own. And then you draw pictures or you use Play-Doh to create your own characters. You come up with dialogue for them that does not revolve around how they look. 
you do whatever you can to help them understand that they are more, even though so many of the messages they're hearing and seeing are convincing them otherwise. Oh, I love that. Dr. Lexi Kite with Beauty Redefined. Uh, I did this the other day, Lexi, sort of, in a way. We were reading um, princess stories, you know, just Belle and Ariel and Jasmine, who are all skinny and beautiful, by the way. Uh Um, Mm -hmm. However, we didn't really talk much about their looks, but but after we finished reading some of these uh, fairy tales that exist out there, I asked Lucy what she learned about these women and she couldn't really tell me she's six but I just said do you know what I see in these women and I said I see Belle who loves to read and I see her save her father's life and I see her do and I sort of just shifted the stories right I shifted the paradigm and I see Ariel who was determined and fierce to get to the top of the ocean and she was (laughs) gonna live with the humans (laughs) right and I see Cinderella who did not take no for an answer when they told her she couldn't go to the ball I just sort of re- uh shifted the paradigm of these typical disney princess stories that we see thank you yes please continue to do that because those stories are um problematic to say the least and every (laughs) single one of them end with happily ever after and i always skip the line and my daughter goes mom read it read the line (laughs) (laughs) i always skip it dr lexi kite with beauty redefined we're going to take a break more with lexi when we come back on the mom show You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us today. Happy New Year. You know, as we turn the corner on a new year, we often hear this messaging about New Year, New You. Lose weight in the new year. Everyone starts their fitness goals on January 1st. And I don't want to discourage anyone from taking care of themselves in any way. That is certainly not what I'm trying to do. But often this messaging is geared towards women and it's often focused on losing weight. And I'm struggling with reconciling these thoughts a little bit. And I want to bring in my guest, Dr. Lexi Kite. She is with the nonprofit Beauty Redefined. And their message tries to shift the paradigm of the beauty industry really to focus on how women are women in particular are more than a body. And often we are um, told from the very time we are six years old that we are here to be looked at and they are shifting that message. And so um, Dr. Kite, as we, as we change into this new year and we see all this messaging around losing weight, one of the arguments I see a lot is that obesity is unhealthy. Like being overweight is unhealthy. And we've seen a lot of shift lately in the body positivity message where we see, you know, beauty at any size. And certainly I am all for those messages. But what do you say to those people who say obesity is unhealthy, so we shouldn't be obese. So, of course, we should try to be skinny or lose weight and look better. I think it's a great question. It's one we hear all the time. I will say that most of the time when people are talking about, you know, they're concerned about people's health, they're concerned about fat people's health. Um, If you dig down a little bit deeper, they're less concerned about fat people's health and more concerned about people being fat. They're more concerned about, um, about fat. Their fear of fat is coming to the surface. We live in a world that is very afraid of fat. Um, And what I want you to think about and what I want people out there to understand is that health and weight are not the same thing. 
Most Olympic athletes are categorized as obese, according to the body mass index. Many, many people walking around that also run every day and lift weights and, you know, are at the gym are categorized as obese, according to the BMI, but they're actually in much better shape than people who are thin and sedentary. A ton of research backs this up, okay? A ton of research in exercise science and physiology backs up the fact that people who are overweight and active are in much better health than people who are thin and inactive or sedentary. So um, this is also backed up by the fact that many, many people struggle with eating disorders and with disordered eating, with exercise addiction. These people are often thin, but they are desperately unhealthy. Your weight does not determine your health. So many people who are extremely worried about obese people being unhealthy are actually just showing their fat phobia. They're not actually worried about health. They're worried about people being fat and then thinking that's bad or gross. Instead, what we want people to know through our mantra, your body is an instrument, not an ornament, the subtitle of our book, is that if you can shift your focus from really objectifying measures of health, like your weight or your body mass index, or even your dress size, if you can shift your focus from those external measures that don't actually measure your health to internal measures like your blood sugar, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your heart rate, these things actually tell you about your health. It comes from the inside. So you change those through activity level, not through the outside. Yes. And I, I absolutely love that message, but a lot of times I think, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because these yeah. are the questions I think people would have when you are obese. Oftentimes you have higher blood pressure and higher cholesterol and higher, um, other indices. Yeah. Right? Problems with blood sugar. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes, that is often the case, but not necessarily. Like I said, research is showing that people who are overweight are healthier if they are just active. So the truth is that more than 95% of people who lose weight will gain it back plus some within a short period of time. Losing weight for a long period of time is unsustainable. And research and personal experience backs this up. When we are focused on weight loss as the key to health, we will always fail because more than 95% of people can't keep that weight off. Instead, we have to measure health how it is actually measured. And that is through things like our activity level. A doctors recommend that if you can move your body in whatever ways you can and get your heart rate up for 30 minutes a day, you will improve all of those internal indicators of your health, your blood sugar, your blood pressure, cholesterol, and on and on and on. I'll give you an example of this. I don't weigh myself. We encourage people not to weigh themselves because especially for girls and women, this is a trigger that results in disordered eating and body shame and not wanting to go to the doctor because you are embarrassed about what you weigh. So I have a baby. I have a one-year-old baby. I decided when I was pregnant that I, I was writing our book more than a body. And I was writing about this idea that we should take the focus off of weight and onto other measures of health. So I decided that I would not weigh myself at the doctor. I asked to not be weighed. All of my doctors agreed with me. I did not need to be weighed my entire pregnancy because they were focusing on my other internal indicators of health, which showed that I was healthy the whole way through, regardless of my weight. I encourage people to do that, to focus on their actual health. 
Well, and the other thing I've done is I don't weigh myself either. And I separate the number on the scale from what that means. Like the number on the scale is literally the measure that someone made up (laughs) of the gravitational pull of your body on the earth. Yeah, like that's all it's it does. arbitrary. It's arbitrary. It doesn't mean anything. So I have been able to do that a little bit. But really where I take issue with the message, and I do think you're right that a lot of people have fear of, of fat people and they shame them right into and fear um, of our own selves being fat. We yeah. Fear our, yes. Yeah, absolutely. But what I take severe issue with, and this is where the whole new year, new messaging, lose weight messaging really bothers me, is that we equate thinness with our value as women. Yes. And how did we get here, Dr. Kite? How did we get here? How, why do we associate what our bodies look like with how good we are? I haven't been <laughs> able to figure that out. It's such a good question. Yeah. Thinness has been moralized. Thinness has absolutely been moralized for women because so many people make so much money off of telling women to be smaller, to take up less space and to make sure that our lives are devoted to doing that, to that pursuit. And can you imagine what the world is missing? Because so many girls and women have taken that to heart, that our priorities are monitoring our bodies to see what we look like to other people walking past us on the street that we are never gonna see again. We don't go to the grocery store because we are worried about our acne or that we don't have the right outfit. We don't go to that dance class because we're worried about the mirrors in front of us when we're working out. We hold ourselves back because of course we do. A million messages every day teach us and make money off of this insecurity. They they sell us our insecurities and then sell us the solutions to those problems. We, you know, the advertising industry, the fashion industry, beauty, weight loss, you know, these are very powerful industries and they are conceiving new flaws for us every single day. And I've fallen victim victim to it more times than I can count. I don't shame myself for it. I know why it's happening, but I still do it. Dr. Lexi Kite with the Beauty Redefined. They have a new book out called More Than a Body. I would highly suggest you go get it. And I'm assuming you can get it anywhere books are sold, correct? Yes, absolutely. Including on Audible if you like to listen to books Mm -hmm. like I do. We'll take a break. More with Lexi when we come back on The Mop Show. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into the mom show today. Thank you for joining us as we turn the corner on a new year. Often you'll hear messaging around losing weight this time of the year. You'll hear messages about joining the gym. A lot of people make new fitness goals this time of the year. I think it all just stems from a, you know, a reset. The new year is just a time to reset and there's nothing wrong with wanting to get healthy in my mind. There's nothing wrong. Um, with wanting to feel better, but the problem exists for me where we focus so much on weight and specifically in particular for women and girls, uh, my daughter, I think about in particular, we have this messaging around, um, the skinnier you are, the more valuable you are. And I, I've fallen victim to it myself. Personally, I still fall victim to it, but I am bound and determined to change this message 
for my daughter and for the next generation. So joining me now, Dr. Lexi Kite. She is uh, one of the co-founders of a nonprofit called Beauty Redefined. They are literally taking this message and turning it on its head. Not only, Dr. Kite, do you talk about women in particular's bodies, they are instruments, not ornaments. And that is a game-changing message because we see so much messaging right now around body positivity, which I also don't think is a bad message. But you yeah. guys take it one step further where, yeah. where you talk about, no, we're not, we're not here to be looked at. We're here to do stuff. We're here to use our bodies. Yeah. And a lot of times what happens, and I'll have you explain this, is you talk about this concept of self-objectification, where we as women are doing this to ourselves. Absolutely. So self-objectification, it's a big word, but when you hear me explain it, I have a feeling so many of you will be nodding your heads because you've experienced this your whole life, and it starts very young. Self-objectification takes place because we live in a world that from every angle and every message convinces us that our bodies are the most important thing about us, and that we're here to be looked at. So when you grow up in this world and you see it in TV shows and in social media, everything is so body centric and body focused and all the ads are focused on, especially women changing their bodies. It is no wonder that we internalize this message. And from the time we are very little, we explain this in our book, More Than a Body. This is a huge part of our book. From the time we are little, we split from ourselves. Our identities literally split. We are living and we are living to be looked at. We monitor ourselves from the outside, imagining what we look like to people that are sitting behind us in class or next to us in the grocery store, even when we're alone. And self-objectification hurts us. When we are self-conscious of how we appear, we perform worse on math tests and reading tests, like reading comprehension tests. We perform worse when lifting weights or on the treadmill. We can't get into a flow state that we want to. We don't raise our hands in class or walk up to the front of the room and on and on and on. When we believe we're here to be looked at, we fail. So the key here is to start thinking about how you can come back home to yourself. How can you be in your body as your own and reclaim your body as an instrument for your use, for your experience, for your life, instead of something that is ornamental, that is to be viewed and decorated and judged and cast aside when it doesn't fit the ideals. This is such a mind-blowing concept because how many times have you, you know, had a bad hair day and you're much more quiet in class yep. or you are constantly shifting your outfit and yes. fixing your hair and and none of this is wrong in and of itself. Like I certainly don't want to shame women who are doing this because we all do it. I do it all day. Well, that's the point. Yeah. You have to call it out. Yeah. Like our book sets up this metaphor in the beginning to explain self-objectification because it is something that most of us do our entire lives without even knowing there's a name for it. Mm -hmm. We think this is just what it is to be a woman. And instead, like the book has only been out a week and we have already gotten so many reviews from people who say it is life-changing to understand how much of their time and energy and happiness in their relationships with themselves, with their help has been impacted by picturing what they look like instead of just living. Yeah, that is, it's such an important message. Dr. Cut, I kind of want to go a little more philosophical with you and, mm -hmm. and, and ask you, how do you sort of exist in a world that does value appearance? Because when 
it's like good looking people have a lot of advantages in life. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, men probably decided that women needed to put a little bl blush on their cheeks. And yeah. now we have this multi-billion dollar beauty industry that is constantly yeah. trying to help us make us fix our flaws. So, so how do you, how do you coach people how to exist in a world that does value what you look like and why is it, I mean, it's not a bad thing to want to look better. Absolutely. Yes. We write all about this in the book. This is an important concept. It's okay to want to look good, to want to look attractive. Both men and women often want to look good and be attractive to other people. The problem is, and so much of our research and that of other people back up the fact that men are valued for much more than their appearance. Yes, they, they can gain some power um, through being attractive, but men, by and large, are valued for many more things than how they appear. Okay, and All we, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. We got to call this out when we see it, because how many times have our women on TV talking? Exactly. And even mm -hmm. in your homes, like, I'll notice, bless my husband's heart, I'm teaching him as we go, but he'll make comments on her hair's too long or something like totally. that. Yes. And, and I literally stop him and I say, why don't you listen to what she's saying and not what she looks like? Amen. And he yeah. hates when I say that because I don't think he's doing it to be rude or to be mean, but it's he does it. It's, it's normal. And I catch myself doing it too. So I'm not just going to throw my husband under the bus. I catch yeah. myself doing it. I stop and say, nope, stop. Listen to what she's saying. Absolutely. But this yeah. is a problem for women on TV in general. My news colleagues get scrutinized for what they Ooh. wear on TV all day. Can you tell me the last time you remembered what Dave McCann's tie color was? Totally. No, yes. bless you, Dave McCann. But you can't because you don't pay attention to what men are wearing. You look at what women are looking like and what they're wearing. Amen. Yes. It's because we get this message from a million places and then we reinforce it that women are here to be looked at, that, you know, we must be beautiful. And men do not, men do not have to do that in order to be powerful and to be valuable. The problem is that yes, for women, there is power in beauty, but it is tiny and it is fleeting. It is not what every message has told us. It is not true. Yes, there is some sort of power, but there's a deadline on that power. For beautiful women who might, for an instance, make money because of their body or because of their appearance or might have more people looking at them, that is, sure, a small amount of power, but beautiful women who are praised for their beauty are also heavily invested in body shame because they have to keep up their appearance. And the second they something happens out of their control, they face disability or illness or injury or a breakup or weight gain or aging or any of the things that come with just being human, all of a sudden they've lost that power. We have to find our power internally. It cannot be given to us externally. And for girls and women who can take back their power by recognizing that they are not going to lose love or happiness or, or you know, career opportunities by gaining a little bit of weight or by skipping that Botox or whatever else they might be doing, they might actually be reclaiming their power, their money, their time. It's what I have done. It is what we encourage people to do to take back their power. Well, and when the pandemic started and everything shut down, um, 
I stopped going to get my eyebrows done. I haven't had my yeah. hair done in a million since March. <laughs> like, and are I, you okay? I'm, I'm alive and I'm thriving. Right. Yes. It's like, I, I really have checked those messages because I haven't done my nails in nine months, almost a year. Amen. I haven't done my eyebrows. I mean, I, you know, groom at home, but I haven't spent money on those things. Cause I haven't. And did your husband leave you? No, he's still here. Did you here. lose your job? No, I did not lose my job. And you are fine. Right. <laughs> yes. It is so interesting to me the way that we view these things and it, it really has been a check on on some of those um, self-objectifications that I do to myself yeah I think we need to prove ourselves wrong a lot of our anxiety lives in our head it has come in through all of these messages but you need to prove yourself wrong I do it in this pandemic I stopped wearing mascara and I proved that I am still me without mascara and the shame has left I encourage every single person out there listening to prove your worst fears wrong. We write about it in the book. Lindsay has an amazing example in chapter six about how she proved herself wrong. And it'll change your life once you do. I love that. And I don't think we're suggesting you don't, if you want to wear makeup, wear makeup. Like it's not that totally. big a deal. Uh, but how do you kind of coach people on that aspect of makeup? Because ultimately makeup is kind of like, you it's know, sexist. It may... We ask women to do it and not men. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. But no, it... we all do it because we believe we look better when we wear it. And so yeah. it just sort of begs this bigger question like, well, if you really loved yourself, you wouldn't even need to wear makeup. How do you answer that question? It is such a good question. I recognize that by wearing mascara, talking to you right now, and I filled in my eyebrows and I'm wearing some blush and I covered up a big zit, that I am complicit in a very sexist um, economy and culture. And my little daughter, who I try not to um, like wear a lot of makeup around her, um, we're going to get to the point where I'm going to have to have a frank conversation with her, that there's more work required for women than men in this world. And that stinks. That is difficult. And yet for every person out there, especially girls and women, I want you to take inventory of your beauty work, because it is work, and it costs money and time and energy. I want you to take inventory and consider if there's anything that you could cut out of your routine, even if it feels scary, especially if it feels scary, when you can cut out those things and still be you and still have the power you had before, you know, you still have your job, you still have love, you still have friends that care about you, and you will, even though it seems scary, you can prove to yourself that you're still you without those things. Um, for me and for Lindsay, especially because of the line of work we're in and all of our research, um, we have opted out of anything that is painful in terms of beauty. I will never um, get injections. I will be aging gracefully, and I'm okay with that. I'm seeing it happen before my very eyes. Um, I will, we've opted out of dieting, you know, like I have gained weight. I am fatter than I've ever been, and I'm happier than I've ever been. And my relationship with my husband and my kids and my career is amazing, and it has nothing to do with my body or my appearance. And I can still acknowledge that I have privilege in this world because I'm white and able-bodied, I'm heterosexual, I have an education. I think it's important for all of us to recognize our privileges in this world and then use that privilege because we have it to do more and be more so that other people can realize they are already okay as they are. Dr. Lexi Kite with Beauty Redefined. I would so encourage you to find uh, this nonprofit. Again, it's called Beauty Redefined. Their new book is called More Than a Body. Wherever you buy books or listen to books, you can get it right now. Uh, Lexi, we'll take a break. One more segment when we come back on The Mom Show.
Back inside the Mom Show. Dads are welcome, but moms come here to be heard. We're with Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I am Lindsay Ertz, joined today by Dr. Lexi Kite. She is the co-founder with her twin sister of the nonprofit Beauty Redefined. They are flipping the beauty industry on their head, and they have a new book out called More Than a Body, and that is literally the message they teach. Especially for women and girls, uh, women get the message so early that we are to be looked at and we're trying to change that message, especially for the next generation, Dr. Kite. As you talk about in, in your book, I presume, um, how, to, how to fix this, <laughs> how to change this messaging, not only in us, but for our daughters that we're raising too. And you talk about this concept of body image resilience. What is this? Yeah. Body image resilience is key to our work. Um, this is a message that will truly change you. You know, body positivity is a good thing. Body positivity is the idea that like all bodies are beautiful. All bodies are good bodies. Our flaws make us beautiful. Um, we take that message a step further because body positivity is still refocusing our confidence and our value in our beauty, in how we appear. It might be expanding the definitions of who gets to be seen as beautiful, but it's still keeping women on a pedestal of beauty when we want to knock that pedestal to the ground. Um, in order to do that, we teach body image resilience, which is the ability to use all the pain you experience in this objectifying world, all the shameful feelings about your body, all the bullying and gossip and abuse and objectification you experience from the outside and use that pain, like see it and name it and use it as a prompt to choose a new path. Instead of focusing, instead of resorting to those paths we used to take when we were triggered by shame, which um, for many girls and women are really painful paths that involve um, disordered eating and over-exercising and self-harm in massive amounts today. Um, instead, we want you to use that pain as a prompt to choose a new path. And that path is to rise with resilience. We want you to see your pain as an opportunity to become more powerful, not in spite of what you've been through, but because of it, to take all the crap you've experienced and become more. And, uh, oh, go ahead, Lindsay. Well, I was just going to say, talk to me about what this looks like on a practical level. Like, how are you doing this with your daughter at home? Oh my goodness. Um, in so many ways, it's, uh, you know, I get to take what I've um, been teaching and actually like do it with a four-year-old daughter now, which has been wonderful. Um, we do this in a lot of ways. Um, the other day, here's just one funny example. The other day, um, I was changing my clothes and Logan was in there with me and she said, mom, your bum is jiggly. And I said, it is. Oh my goodness. And I think your bum is too. We all have fat on our bodies. Everybody has different amounts of fat on their bodies though. Some people have less fat than others. Some people have more fat. All bodies are good bodies. And we had that conversation and it was so fun. I was able to take what could have been something that could cause me shame and use it as a teaching opportunity. And it was fun and wonderful. I want everybody to get to the point where when a little kid calls you fat, which even if you have very little fat on your body, a kid will probably tell you that a part of you is fat. I want you to take it as an opportunity to not let fat be a bad or degraded word, to let it be a neutral descriptor and then use that as an opportunity. Um, well, and have you noticed a lot of times we as women, and this maybe goes back to your self-objectification point that you guys make too, that women kind of self-objectify. We think about what we look like often. Um, we often say, I feel fat. Yeah. Like, did you know that fat isn't a feeling? Yeah. 
I love that. <laughs> it's true. Right? Like, I mean, I've certainly said this, so I'm not throwing stones. I'm, I'm just literally pointing out that fat is not a feeling. Like, what do you actually feel when you feel quote unquote fat? Yeah. You feel less than. You feel un- yeah. unworthy. You feel ashamed. You feel like you don't fit in your clothes. And that means that you need to fix yourself instead of the clothes. You live in a human body that grows and changes and shrinks. And sometimes over the holidays, you celebrate more and you eat more. And all of that is beautiful and full of love. And yet when your body gets bigger, all of a sudden that shame sets in. And we want people to see a new path. Instead of pulling on those pants in the new year, and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm disgusting. I cannot believe I have no self-control. I want you to really think about your body. I want you to look down at your body and think about what you've been through. Not just that you have so far survived a global pandemic, not just that you had a really wonderful holiday, hopefully with somebody you care about, hopefully eating yummy food because you have the privilege of affording food and being healthy enough to eat it and enjoy it. I want you to think about the fact that this body is the one you've always had since before you were self-conscious. This body has a little you inside of it. Like when you were little, before you were so aware of how you appeared, that's still you. And you need to treat yourself like you would her. Um, That's inner child work in therapy that will change your life. And of course, we also get into it in the book. um, And it's a part that people have found really powerful. But we really encourage you to think about and treat yourself as you would a little you and to treat your children that same way. And sometimes it's easier for me to think about my daughter, to treat her, like talk to myself the way I would talk to my daughter. That, yeah, that is something that's really important. Dr. Lexi Kite with Beauty Redefined. The book is called More Than a Body. Where can people get it and what can they expect from this book? This book is everything. It is the culmination of more than 10 years of our doctoral research, but it's also really personal. This is me and my identical twin sister opening up about our lives, our 13-year-old journal entries, but this is a game-changing book. I, I hopefully am saying that from a humble place. This is It's just a culmination of our life's missions. The book is available anywhere. It was published by Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. We got an amazing book deal with an amazing publisher. Um, we also got to um, narrate our own audiobook. We had to audition for it, but we got the gig. So please um, download on Audible, on Kindle, and buy it hardcover anywhere books are sold. I love it. Beauty Redefined is the organization. Dr. Lexi Kite, thank you so much for clearing up all this messaging we're going to get in the new year for us. Yes, thank you. We'll be back next week on The Mom Show.